Welcome back to the Gulag, everybody. This is episode number 21. So in this episode, I'm doing a part one of two discussing what's going on in Cuba with the protest, with the unrest, talking a little bit about the American response as well. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoy this one. What is up? Welcome back to the Gulag, everybody. This is episode number 21, I think. 21, if you're new here. Uh, thanks for joining, guys. I just got back from vacation. I'm a little tired still. Um, went to Zion National Park, which was freaking awesome. If you haven't been there, climbed Angel's Landing, which is like that the, that famous peak that everybody takes those pictures of of the valley. Go, Just go Google it. It's freaking awesome. Um, if you haven't been there, go. Stop what you're doing. Plan a trip. Go. It's just I can't put into words how awesome this place is, how scenic it is. And I came, I lived in Hawaii for a long time and this place blew my mind. So that should be saying something. Um, me and my family, we also went to Grand Canyon and we went to Las Vegas for a day. It was a good time. It was a great time. I love one of the things I love is like going on these trips and traveling around the country is just actually seeing how diverse this country is. The left wants to tell us that America is the least diverse place. And you know, it's just a, a, a unilateral culture right it's just a monolith of a people and therefore we're oppressive and we're evil because we don't accept other cultures and other ways of life and other whatever right they want to preach us this monologue all the time um but that's absolutely false if you travel around the united states you'll know that's false i mean i met so many different kinds of people i met people from california i met people from new york i met people from hawaii i met people from texas from florida met people from germany from japan like all over the world just constantly meeting people while you're hiking. There's so many different kinds of people, which is why I love these national parks. I love that America is such a destination spot like that because it brings so many different kinds of people together. It's also like just geographically so diverse. I mean, you look at somewhere like Zion or Grand Canyon, compare that to Hawaii, compare that to Alaska, compare that to upstate Maine, compare that to Wisconsin where I'm at right now, you know, compare that to Florida, Texas. So different. You can see the whole world in one country. It's the best freaking country ever. End of story. Great vacation. Love seeing that. That's my. That's always my favorite part about vacation. My least favorite part about vacation is airlines, especially Spirit Airline. You can go F yourself, Spirit Airline, if you're listening to this. Um, they delayed our fr- flight on the way there over two hours. Uh, we got stuck in baggage claim in Las Vegas because that's where we flew into and out of. And uh, yeah, it was a complete waste of time. We wasted so much time. But the only good thing about that airline is it's like so cheap. But then they just have like two people working for them and they have to do everything. Like they were like two hours late to get our bags in the baggage claim area. And they said, oh yeah, it's because we just don't have enough employees, which I don't know if that's like a COVID thing or if they've always been like that. But like, I've never had a good experience with it with like them or Frontier, some of those cheaper airlines. It's like a cattle car in the sky basically. Um, And like, I haven't flown since COVID until now until like this past week and uh i didn't realize that you have to now pay for check like carry-ons you have to pay like 40 bucks so we got our tickets for like 60 70 bucks so our our carry-ons my bag our bags were just like just as much as me how ridiculous is that so they lost all this money because they were shut down and this is i guess how they're making up for it and then they're also not hiring anybody so that's fun so airlines suck that's the worst part about vacations in my opinion anyways enough of that Let's talk about Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about Cuba. Let's get into the hot stuff here, guys. So I'm just going to read first off before I get into this episode. I have a few articles I want to read. I'm just going to read them off my phone here for you guys. Um, I want to read this statement about Cuba. Okay. It's from Black Lives Matter official 
organization. They posted it on Instagram. They posted it on Twitter. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to go through this and talk about some of the things that they got wrong. And then I'm going to read some articles talking about Cuba, et cetera. We're just kind of going to kind of go step by step through this. Okay. Let me read this for you guys. Black Lives Matter condemns the U S federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans. By the way, Cuban Cuba is a communist country. The Castro's are self-proclaimed Leninists and Marxists. They have implemented totalitarian communist control over the country for like 60 years now. <coughs> Excuse me, coronavirus. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, so that's what's going on right now. They're in an economic free fall right now because of COVID, obviously, and other factors. The, so after the Soviet Union fell, they stopped receiving because that's how they're, they're similar to North Korea, where a lot of these, these especially smaller communist countries, they can't stay afloat. They don't have the economic resource to stay alive at all or to provide anything because, of course, communism completely shuts down all production. Um in the name of equality and fairness, ironically. And uh, so then if there's nothing being produced, if there's no producers, then there's nothing being produced. Therefore, there's no wealth or capital coming in, right? So this is the state they were in, and they, they were relying for years, for decades, off of funding from the Soviet Union. So they were trading sugar to the Soviet Union. And in return, whatever. They had some agreement with the Soviet Union, right? Similar to what North Korea was doing. Um, so they were propped up dictatorship by the Soviet Union in that way. The Soviet Union fell in the late 80s, early 90s. So then all their funding went away. All their trade agreements went away. Then what? Then what they did was they're like, oh shit, we need to find uh, another way to make money because obviously we're a communist shithole and we're not making any money for ourselves and everyone's starving and we're killing all our political, uh, we're killing all the poli uh, political rivals that are in this country, et cetera. There's unrest, there's riots, you name it. Everything that happens in communist countries, verbatim, Cuba is a good example, right? So then what they do is they turn to their so socialist ally, Venezuela. Then Venezuela, over the last you know five, 10 years, has completely collapsed as well due to implementing these communist equity policies, which we're seeing people like the Biden administration try to implement here in the United States, which is why we got to be so careful, side note of believing and accepting things that they're saying and they're preaching to us, which is why we need to fight back. And that starts with being informed, which is why I'm here doing this guys. Okay. Um, yeah. So then they relied on their, their socialist allies in Venezuela and then Venezuela collapsed and they also stopped getting funding from them. And then now we have coronavirus hitting. So they're just in a total economic freefall. They're suffering. People are, are being imprisoned, tortured. Uh, people are getting on rafts in the thousands to try to float over to the United States for refuge. This has been happening for decades and it's just being escalated even more and more and more over this last year, especially over this last month. So that's a really, really simplified recap of what's going on. So here's what, due to the riots, here's what Black Lives Matter had to say. So first they blame America, right? They say Black Lives Matter condemns the U.S. federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans and urges it to immediately lift economic embargo. So for those of you that don't know, the, the U.S. put embargo, trade embargoes on Cuba. So there's no trade going back and forth between Cuba because guess what? We ain't going to fund a regime that's torturing and murdering its people, period. We're not going to do it. So they think that the reason that the people are suffering is because the U.S. isn't funding them because we have the resources to do so. No, 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 no. That's not how that works, Black Lives Matter. The people are suffering and dying because of the regime itself. If you guys are having economic problems, it's not our fault. You guys, as in Cuba, 
It's the government's fault. It's the Cuban government's fault. The Cuban government doesn't let people own private land. They don't let people farm. They don't let people own private business. They don't let people work. Unless it's state enforced and regulated, which brings in no revenue. And then the revenue they do bring in, the little amount, gets pocketed by the state itself. That's the problem. It's not the U.S. embargoes. Okay, let's keep going. This cruel and inhumane policy instituted with the explicit intention of destabilizing the country and undermining Cubans' rights to choose their own government. This whole thing so far, and I've only I've only gotten a couple sentences in, is a complete lie from Black Lives Matter. You know why Black Lives Matter is lying about what's going on with this communist country? Because they're communists. They're communist scum. They're terrorists. They agree with the, the, the communist regime's policies. They like Fidel Castro, which we'll get to in a little bit. They praise this man. I just talked through a burp right there. Sorry, guys. All right, we're going to keep going here. Right to choose their own government. By the way, they don't have the right to choose their own government. They're a communist country. Black Lives Matter. Did you ever take like a sixth grade social studies course? Fifth grade, fourth grade, never learned about this? They don't have rights, period. You respect their right to choose. And you think that was belittled by the U.S. government instead of the, the, dictata- the, the dictatorship and the, the oppressive authoritarian regime that is... Fidel Castro's communist shithole of a government. Um, Let's see, where was I? Is the heart of Cuba's current crisis since 1962, the United States has forced pain and suffering on the people. That was the uh, Bay of Pigs, Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis, all that stuff, which is when the embargo started. People of Cuba by cutting off food, medicine, and supplies. That's a lie. We cut it. The embargo does not cut off food and medicine. That's not, that's not in the, that's not part of the embargo. Food and medicine are on the table still. They receive food and medicine from the United States, from other countries. That's a lie. That's just a blatant lie from Black Lives Matter. But they, they know that a lot of people don't, don't know that, so they can use that lie to manipulate people into thinking the U.S. is bad and capitalism is evil and communism is good. And that somehow the, the communist regime is, is imposing what it is on its people because of the oppressive capitalist nation that is the United States. That's what they want you to believe, and it's an utter lie. So I'll go on to say, I'll go on to read this here. Without that money, it is harder for the for Cuba to acquire medical equipment needed to develop its own COVID-19 vaccines and equipment for food production. This comes in spite of the country's strong medical care and history of lending doctors and nurses to disasters around the world. Okay. They're lending doctors and nurses around the world, which is true. They're, they are doing this, but you know how they're doing this? They're holding the families of these doctors hostages. They're forcing them to go overseas and, and use them to uh, bring in revenue. It's all a money-making scheme by the communist regime because they have no other way of making money right now because they're not producing anything in and of themselves because they're communist hellholes that we've gone over. And uh, they need to do this. And they're using the COVID pandemic to manipulate their own doctors to force them into compliance, to force them to go overseas. The doctors themselves, their families are not receiving the revenue and the work and, and, and the payout from the work that they're doing. The regime, the regime is pocketing it all. This is not good health care. This is not, this is not, what did they say? This is not a, a, a strong medical care and history of lending doctors and nurses to disasters around the world. It's a scam, people. The people of Cuba are being punished by the U.S. government because the country has maintained, Black Lives Matter goes on to say, maintained its commitment to sovereignty and self-determination. 
unbelievable. United States, it's all about tearing down and dismantling this, the system that has been the symbol of freedom turns out for countries all over the world, including our own, especially right. Guess what these Cuban protesters are doing right now. They're flying American flags, screaming for freedom because they know the United States is a refuge where the place that symbolizes freedom for all doesn't matter where you come from, what your skin color is, what your, what your gender is, doesn't matter. This is where people come to be free period. That is the symbol. That is what we are known for. That is what our flag represents worldwide. Same, same kind of protesters in Hong Kong and Taiwan and all these places in the, in Eastern Europe or sorry, Eastern Asia have done the same thing. But black lives matter wants to belittle that symbol. And they were to promote communism, the same communism that is the reason these people are protesting in the first place and are fighting for their lives. Thousands of people are risking their lives to sail 80 miles from Cuba to the, to the coast of Florida on things like couches and cushions and pillows and, and dinner tables. Literally. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine being an, under a system like communism that is so bad that you would do that. And you know what? You know what's worse? is the United States, the Obama administration has declared recently that they are not going to, they're going to turn away any refugees from Cuba that come when they have legitimate refugee status. There's this thing in Florida called dry land law, where if you sail from Cuba and you happen to make it to dry land, you're safe. You can, you are, you are a legal refugee. They don't want that. Why? Because guess what happens? A lot of those people come to the United States seeking freedom. They risk their lives. They bring their families and rightly so. And what do they do? They end up voting conservative. They end up voting against socialism. They don't vote Democrat because guess what? Democrats are communists. They're socialists. And they just ran from that. And they understand that better than anybody, better than anyone here in the United States at a practical level. And the Democrats know that. They know if they let these Cubans over, they're not going to get their votes. So they don't want them coming over. And these Cubans are going to have stories to tell, to tell, talk people out of voting for the socialism that the Democrats are promoting. Does that, does that make sense? Sorry, I just had another burp, dude. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm dying over here. I might have COVID. I'm not going to read the rest of the statement from Black Lives Matter. That's basically the gist of it, right? It's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. And the, the most shocking thing to me is that people aren't surprised that Black Lives Matter is supporting a murderous, genocidal communist regime. That should, number one, tell you everything you need to know about these people, about these evil Black Lives Matter terrorists. One of my friends tweeted today, my friend AJ, he tweeted, the fact that so many people are shocked that BLM supports the Cuban dictatorship is a glaring example of how little research the average person is willing to do before joining a social justice movement that makes them look virtuous to their friends. Spot on. Spot on, AJ. Absolutely right. Let me read this article from Washington Post. This is a, this is an opinion article, so this isn't a reflection. I usually can't stand Washington Post, but this one was actually pretty good. I just want to read through some of this with you guys. The Cuban people are rising up against their nation's communist regime in the large in the largest protest since nineteen fifty nine since the nineteen fifty nine revolution. So, what is the, what is uh, President Biden going to do about it? On this recent trip to Europe, Biden announced that the United States was back and ready to lead the West on the struggle between the world's democracies and autocracies. Well, here's the chance. 
The Cuban regime is one of the world's most enduring totalitarian dictatorships. But for the first time, it is facing an unprecedented... Uh, um, oh, I just lost my spot here. Uh, unprecedented uh, con confluence of events that could finally lead to its demise, which hopefully so this does lead to its demise. Okay, so we'll go on with the article here. First, Cuba is facing the worst economic crisis in decades, kind of like I explained before, uh, just in total freefall because of the, the factors that I named before, among other factors as well. The Cuban economy uh, contracted by 11% last year as the pandemic caused the tourism industry, one of the regime's primary sources of hard currency, to collapse. During the Cold War, the regime survived thanks to massive subsidies from the Soviet Union, right? When the USSR collapsed, the regime turned to its oil-rich socialist ally Venezuela, as I was talking about before, for economic support, including subsid subsidized fuel. But now that Venezuela has imploded due to communism and socialism as well, which is what always happens, it is, is it, it is increasingly unable to bail out the Cuban regime. So for the first time, the regime has nowhere to turn for hard currency to keep it afloat. Second, the regime has infiltrated its citizens by using the pandemic as a money-making opportunity. Today, Cubans are not only experiencing the worst blackouts, food shortages, and gas lines in decades, they are also dying from the worst pandemic in a century. But instead of using its, its uh, vaunted healthcare system to save their lives, the regime is sending tens of thousands of the country's best doctors abroad to vacuum up hard currency. As I was talking about before, they're manipulating these doctors into doing this instead of staying home and helping their families and their communities by treating COVID, to all the, of course, to take in the money for themselves or the regime. Um, let's see, where was I? Thousands of countries, best doctors abroad to vacuum up hard currency by treating COVID patients in other countries. Every year, foreign governments pay the regime billions for Cuban health workers, the vast majority of which is pocketed by the regime. According to the state, Cuba has capitalized on the pandemic by increasing the number and size of medical missions. In other words, at the very moment Cubans need doctors most, the regime is sending them to foreign lands because it cares more about hard currency than human suffering itself. Spot on whoever this is from Washington Post. I don't know what your name is. Uh, oh, this is Mark Thiessen. Okay, yeah, spot on, Mark Thiessen. All right, third more, third, more Cubans than ever are aware of the regime's abuse thanks to the arrival of social media. Cubans got 3G mobile phone service in 2019, giving millions internet access for the first time. Not only can... Uh, dissidents now use encrypted messaging apps such as Signal, Telegram, and WhatsApp to communicate. Social media also has facilitated spontaneous uprisings by ordinary Cubans. It's it's interesting that like as soon as these people are given access to see what the rest of the world is up to, they now have a context of how awful their suffering is. As soon as they're given a means to communicate with each other to combat the regime, they now have a they now have a a a, a a real shot at dismantling this regime, right? They can communicate, they can plan, they can organize. This is why it's so important, especially in places like the United States, to not censor information, to give us the freedom to be able to choose what information we accept or reject. To not stifle communication just because... <coughs> I'm dying over here, guys. Holy hell. Uh, just because you might not like the information of the people sending or receiving it. Freedom of speech is so important. This is one of the ways why. Or this is one of the reasons why. Many Cubans learned about 
the protests from videos posted to Twitter and Facebook and rushed to join them. They used their cell phones to take images that spread across Cuba, sparking protests in other cities. As a result, thousands of Cubans have never engaged in dissident activity, who have never engaged in dissident activity, got involved. Good for them. I applaud these people that are willing to do this. The New York Times reports that when one veteran dissident, uh, I'm not going to, I don't know how to pronounce his name, was arrested after Sunday's protest, he couldn't believe his eyes as the police station filled up with unfamiliar faces, many of them teenagers. Social media has also exposed the regime's brutality. So this is something that's interesting now about this that you couldn't necessarily say about the USSR. So these, these communist regimes, in especially the USSR, they learned from places like Nazi Germany, right? Because Nazi Germany took a detailed record. They had photographers. They kept everything on file. And it was really just used against them during the Nuremberg trials. So the places like USSR kind of kind of took note of that. And they, they did not keep records of things. They did not keep records of, of death counts. They did not keep records of all the shit they were doing. There was some stuff, files that were uncovered later. But there's still a lot that's a mystery. Cuba did the same thing. They're doing the same thing. But now people have access to cell phones. People have access to social media. It's much harder for them to do that. So information is spreading. Now people are getting a visual representation, like here in the US, of what's actually going on in these communist countries, which is the, a nightmare for these, these globalist elites who want us all to be in that state. Because now we're seeing what now we're seeing what these equity policies preached by Biden even will lead to. Uh, once the state security rounded up dissidents in, in secrecy, yeah, like I was saying, but on Tuesday morning, when regime thugs detained popular Cuban YouTuber Dina stars, her arrest was broadcast live on television. The video has been seen around the world via social media. Cubans have used cell phone videos to record and, uh, uh disseminate messages of protesters being beaten and arrested across the Island, leading the regime to restrict cell phone service across the Island. Good for these people for having the courage and the, and the and the bravery to stand up against this regime, to fight back, to do what needs to be done, to get out your phone even if it means going to jail and videoing this so that the world can see what the hell's going on, right? You need more of that. You need more of that kind of bravery. You need more of that kind of bravery in the, bravery in the United States here, okay? Because people are so scared. We don't have a reason to not fight. We have all the reason in the world to fight. We have all the means to fight. And yet we're so scared to say anything because of what people might say about us online, because of what our friends or family might say about us, because of what our employer might do. Stand up for the truth. Don't be, there's no reason to be scared if the truth is on your side. Period. These Cubans are starting to understand that. Good for them. I couldn't imagine being in their situation. Let me just read some stuff about now going back to Black Lives Matter in the United States, these privileged assholes, communist assholes who would side with a with a uh, murderous dictatorship and regime. Then these freedom fighters in Cuba who are waving American American flags screaming for liberty. Here's what they said about Fidel Castro. Black Lives Matter recent praise of Cuba's government. And this is an article from Fox News uh, written by Peter Hassan. That's how you say his name. Black Lives Matter's recent praise of Cuba's government isn't the first time that BLM has praised the country's communist regime. 
BLM previously glorified Cuba dictator, Cuban dictator Fidel Castro in an online posting following his death in November 2016. So did Bernie Sanders. So did Barack Obama. So did others. We're feeling many, and this is what Black Lives Matter said. This is part of what they said. We are feeling many things as we awaken to the world without Fidel Castro. There's an overwhelming sense of loss complicated by fear and anxiety. Imagine saying that about a murderous dictator. It's like, it's like, it's no different than saying that about Hitler. So why can they get away with this? Why? You know why? It's because the information has been bogged down. It's because people don't actually know who Fidel Castro is. It's because people don't understand what this ideology is. It's because people don't understand history. They've erased history. They've lied about history. They've manipulated it. They've covered it up so that they can get away with this sort of shit. This is why it's so important to understand history, to get a good education. This is why it's so dangerous to dilute our education system with this neo-Marxist crap that we see today. All right, where was I? Although, no, this, this is further, more of what they said about... Uh, Fidel Castro, although no leader is without their flaws, we must push back against the rhetoric of the right and come to the defense of El Comandante, which is, I'm sure, I don't, I don't know Spanish, so I'm sure that's Spanish for the commander, which is referring to Fidel Castro. We must come to the defense of this man, of this murderous evil dude. If you have a Black Lives Matter flag, throw it away. Don't ever give money to this organization. Don't ever promote this organization. Don't ever do another Blackout Tuesday. Delete your del anything that has to do with this organization. Get the hell rid of. Don't listen to a word these people say. This is the kind of people they are. They would rather side with someone like Fidel Castro than people getting murdered and imprisoned in, in, in Cuba who are legitimately fighting for their lives, fighting for freedom, who would risk their lives to come here to have a better one. Those people are thugs, according to them. This is the same rhetoric that Fidel Castro himself used when he led the regime against Bautista. Not saying Bautista was a good guy. But he wasn't like this, from my understanding. Castro's communist revolution included mass executions, which I'll get to in a little bit, and imprisonment of political opponents. BLM's 2016 outlined the lessons that we take from Fidel. From Fidel, we know that revolution is sparked by an idea, by radical, this is more of what Black Lives Matter said, by radical imagining, which sometimes takes root first among just a few dozen people coming together in the mountains. In the post, Black Lives Matter also expressed gratitude for Castro. There's gratitude to Castro for harboring uh, Shakur, a convicted cop killer who fled to Cuba. So she was a United States citizen who fled to Cuba. And, for, and she killed a cop. She was wanted after she escaped from prison in uh, 1979 in the United States as a black network committed to transformation. We publicly, or we are particularly grateful for to Fidel for holding Mama Shakur, who continues to inspire us. Said Black Lives Matter. As Fidel ascends to the realm of the ancestors, what a weird thing to say. As Fidel ascends to the realm of the ancestors, how cultish can you be? We summon his guidance, strength, and power as we recommit ourselves to the struggle for universal freedom. And then they said, Fidel, Fidel uh, Viva, or whatever. 
Unbelievable. Un-freaking believable. Well, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode here for you guys. Part two of Cuba coming next, episode 22. Stay tuned for that. Thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate you. We love you here at the Gulag. Hit that like, hit that subscribe if you found this information valuable. Um, Smash that like button, as the YouTubers say. Smash it hard. Smash it hard. Uh, Thanks, guys, for joining. We'll see you next time.